What time is it? Hello and welcome to the Bible Dig Godcast, a fun-filled exploration of archaeology and the Bible. And now, here are your hosts, author J.S. Earls and attorney Peter A. Paputsis. And now, part two of Abram and the War of Kings. In the fourteenth year, Shedor Laomor and the kings that were with him came and attacked the Rephaim in Ashtaroth, Carnaim, Rephaim, lofty men, giants, aborigines of Palestine, afterwards conquered and disposed by the Canaanite tribes, are classed under this general title. They were known to the Moabites as Emim, i.e. fearful, in Deuteronomy 2.11, and to the Ammonites, Zazumimim. Some of them found refuge among the Philistines and were still existing in the days of David. So, you know, that's interesting that they found refuge among the Philistines. So, And I know one of the things that has been said, I don't know if we've said it, is that um, Goliath could have come from their line. Yeah. Um, uh, I know that's been said, but I don't know who said it. But I know it's been out there that Goliath uh, may have come from this line of Rephaim giants. Ashtaroth Karnaim. It may be identified with Ashtaroth preceding, called Karnaim, i.e. the two-horned, the crescent moon. The Samaritan version, so this is the Samaritan Pentateuch, renders the word by Tsunamian, the present S. Tsunamian, 28 miles south of Damascus. Well, that's interesting. Oh, I'm going to check out the... Check there, that out. See if there's any flights to go out there today. Yeah, that don't get shot down. The Zuzim and Ham. Zuzims, restless, sprouting. Some have identified this tribe with the Zamzumimims. Ham. And we're not talking about ham off the bone here. This is ham, like a place. Warm, hot, and hence the south. Also an Egyptian word meaning black. The youngest son of Noah. The curse pronounced by Noah against Ham, properly against Canaan, his fourth son, was accomplished when the Jews subsequently exterminated the Canaanites. Mm, nice story. <laughs> One of the most important facts recorded in Genesis 10 is the foundation of the earliest monarchy in Babylonia by Nimrod, the grandson of Ham. The primitive Babylonian empire was thus Hamitic and of a cognate race with the primitive inhabitants of Arabia and of Ethiopia. Ham, a house, is our modern word home. So ham, home. It is used in Hamlet, i.e. Shakespeare, and in the names of places as in Waltham, Woodhouse, Walt, a wood, and ham, a house, not Walham, Waltham, as it is often pronounced, Buckingham, Nottingham, Rentham and Durham. Wow, that's interesting. Durham. Yeah. So would that also be the same as like Walt Disney, like somehow related to ham and those? Uh, well, it would. Re- it would. It would describe why my, many, many people think Disney is evil. But I won't go down that road. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the Emim in Shava Kiriathayim. Emims, terrors, a warlike tribe of giants. In the time of Abraham, they occupied the country east of Jordan, afterwards the land of the Moabites in Genesis 14.5 and Deuteronomy 2.10. They were, like the Anakim, reckoned among the Rephaim and were conquered by the Moabites who gave them the name Emons, i.e. terrible men. 
Terrible. The Ammonites called them Zazumumums. Again, we're having a lot of we're finding a lot of references to giants again. Yeah. This is after the flood. Shaveh Kiriathium. Now Kiriath, north of Deban, in the land of Moab. And the Horites in their mountain of Seir. Going to talk about Pete now. The Horites. Hey, hey. cavemen. Hey, <laughs> a, a race of troglodytes. Oh man. <laughs> who dwelt in the limestone caves, which abounded in Edom. Actually, this is probably the leprechauns. Um, okay. okay. Sure. And you're too tall to be a leprechaun. And too hairy. And not enough gold. Not enough gold. Been chasing those rainbows. Can't find the gold. <laughs> Because uh, you're chasing the ambulances with rainbows on them. Oh, you had to go there. You had to go there. The ancestor was Seir, who probably gave his name to the district where he lived. They were a branch of the Hivites. Bless you. They were dispossessed by the descendants of Esau. Wow. Dispossessed by the descendants of Esau. That's that's pretty bad. And as a people, gradually became extinct. What does that mean? Like they just intermarried and they just disappeared as a distinct people? Or did somebody just come in and like wipe? Well, Uh, if it was gradual, it couldn't have been somebody coming in and wiping them out. So it probably had to be like just intermarrying with other people. Well, geez, they must have been really bad if they were dispossessed by the descendants of Esau. Well, yeah. I mean, it's going from bad to worse at that point. As far as El Paran, which is by the wilderness. El Paran. El Paran. Uh, Say it the way. El Paran. El Paran. Oak of Paran. A place on the edge of the wilderness bordering the territory of the Horites. This was the farthest point to which Tetralermer's expedition extended. It is yeah. identified with the modern desert of Et-Ti. Et-Ti. Sounds like something out of the Star Wars universe. You know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that George Lucas probably got a lot of his names from the Bible. Not necessarily yeah. exclusively, but... Um, it's like the Witch of Endor? Exactly! I'm picking up what you're putting down. Then they turned back and came to En Misfat. That is Kadesh. Kadesh. Why'd you have to give me such a long thing to read? Holy, or Kadesh Barnea, sacred desert of wandering, a place on the southeastern border of Palestine, about 165 miles from Horeb. It lay in the wilderness or desert of Zin. From this place, in compliance with the desire of the people, Moses sent forth 12 spies to spy the land. After examining it in all its districts, the spies brought back an evil report, or a bad report. Joshua and Caleb alone giving a good report of the land. Influenced by the discouraging report, the people abandoned all hope of entering into the promised land. They remained a considerable time at Kadesh. Because of their unbelief, they were condemned by God to wander for 38 years in the wilderness. They took their journey from Kadesh into the deserts of Paran by the way of the Red Sea. One theory is that during these 38 years, they remained in and about Kadesh. At the end of these years of wandering, the tribes were a second time gathered together at Kadesh. During their stay here at this time, Miriam died, I think that was Moses' wife, and was buried there. Here the people murmured for want of water. As no, their Miriam was the sister. Oh, Miriam was the sister, okay. Here the people murmured for want of water, as their forefathers had done formerly at Rephidim, and Moses, irritated by their by their chidings, with his rod smoked, smote or struck the rock twice, instead of speaking to the rock before their eyes, as the Lord had commanded him. Uh, because of this, oh, I'm sorry, because of this act of his, meaning Moses' act, in which Aaron too was involved, neither of them was to be permitted to set foot within the promised land. 
the king of Edom would not permit them to pass on through his territory, and therefore they commenced an eastward march and came unto Mount Hor. This place has been identified with Ain el Kadis, about 12 miles east, southeast of Beersheba. Quick little reference there is that the, the rock that Moses struck and that water came out of, he struck it twice and water came out of. Um, I'm not sure, so please do some reference to this, but I think that this was the rock that followed them. Remember, St. Paul makes reference about a rock following the children of Israel in the wilderness. I have never heard that. I, I, that's why I'm saying I do remember that. I know St. Paul talks about it. I think it's either in Romans or 1 Corinthians. I think it's Romans. Uh, just go back and check just to be sure, because I don't want to make a mistake there. I don't want to identify this rock with the rock that supposedly followed the children of Israel throughout their 38 years of wandering in the desert. I do know that St. Paul says that there was a rock that followed them, but I don't know if it was this rock being mentioned here. So do some research on that and see if they're the same. Yeah. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 10.4, I believe, is where Paul talks about it. The New International Version says, And drank the same spiritual drink. They drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. All right, so that is the same rock, because then that was the rock that he struck and the water came out of. And uh, there's some discrepancies here and the beliefs of different churches and people. So I want to kind of present both views for you. That is the belief that an actual rock followed them is from different Jewish traditions. And the Tosefta, the tradition, is related as follows. It was likewise with the well that was with the children of Israel in the wilderness. It, the well, was like a rock that was full of holes like a sieve from which water trickled and arose as from the opening of a flask. It, the rock well, ascended with them to the top of the hills and descended with them into the valleys. Wherever Israel tarried, there it tarried over against the entrance of the tabernacle, which I thought was interesting. But that's where it, I mean, that even more leans it towards being Christ or God. Um, mm -hmm. Right. Some, uh, some Catholics and uh, other Christians uh, may refer to this Jewish tradition as the probable source for that Paul used in the passage, but there are other people who believe that he was actually referring to uh, other places in the Old Testament where God is referred to as the rock of the people, um, such as in Psalm 78, 35, and they remembered, and this is also referring to uh, the children of Israel in the desert, and they remembered that God was their rock and their high God, their redeemer. The Orthodox position... They actually have this reading on the eve of the baptism of Jesus Christ, which is January 5th. This is St. Paul that he says, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all of our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food, all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. And attacked all the country of the Amalekites and also the Amorites who dwelt in Hazazon Tamar. Hazazon Tamar, pruning of the palm, the original name of the place afterwards called Enjedi. And the king of Sodom, the king of Gomorrah, the king of Adma, the king of Zeboam, and the king of Bela, that is Zoar, went out and joined together in battle in the valley of Sidon. It's my turn. Yes. Stop trying to step all over. I'm sorry. Val. <laughs> Val. Yes, I hear her. Actually, the uh, Valley of Shava. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Valley of the, mm -hmm. of, yes. the, of the plain. The ancient name of the King's Dale, or Kidron, 
on the northern side of Jerusalem. That's it? That yeah. was short. That's weird how I get the short ones. Against Chedor Laomor, king of Elam, title king of nations, Amraphel, king of Shinar, and Arioch, king of Elisar, four kings against five. So this is the rebellion. Do we even know why they were fighting against Cheddar, uh, King Cheddar? Uh, I'm just going to call him King Cheddar at this point. Yes, they were lactose intolerant. I don't know. I don't know, but obvious, obviously there's a rebellion. But it's okay. But it's very. The reason I, I say that is because it says um, in the 14th year, Cheddar Lamer and the kings that were with him came and attacked the Rephaim in Ashtaroth, Carnea. Okay, now. The reason why I wanted to talk about it is that, for those of you who know, the Rephaim are related to the Nephilim, the giants, the ones that we were talking back on in Genesis chapter 6. So were they fighting against these Rephaim? Half of these kings on their side, fighting against Chedorlaomer, king of Elam, fighting against them. It's it's very interesting because we have a a distinct reference to the Rephaim, which are the giants or related to the giants. That you know, according to Genesis chapter six, they were back then. Then there was a flood, killed them and everybody else that was wicked and evil. But now we have the Rephaim that have appeared again. Because remember, in chapter 6, it says, you know, the the mighty men of old, the men of renown, that were, that you know, that were then and, and after. thereafter. So this is the thereafter. And the question that always comes up is, well, how did these guys survive? You know, how did they survive the 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 flood? And I just wanted to add in real quick that if you take the line of argument that the sons of God were the godly line of Seth that intermingled with the daughters of men, meaning non-believers, then this makes sense. You don't have to really go off into like fantasy land too much with that. But if you do believe, like a lot of people did in the church and at that time, especially in First Enoch, that these were fallen angels, you got to ask yourself, well, how did the fallen angels survive the flood and now reappeared? or allegedly reappear as the Rephaim that King Chedorlaomer has to fight against because they're, you know, fallen angels. They're evil. And what the Jews believed and what the early church believed, that, that these were disembodied spirits, that when their physical bodies were destroyed by the flood, their spirits, because remember, they're fallen angels, they were still alive. They were still around. And they reanimated somehow into other people, maybe had again relations with the daughters of men and produced these Rephaim. That's one of the theories. That's one of the beliefs in the ancient church. So I wanted to throw that out there that, you know, we're having this battle between King Chedorlamer and the kings with him and the Rephaim and the king of Sodom and the king of Gomorrah that's on the side of the Rephaim. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so there is, in the biblical text, the Rephaim are associated with Sodom and Gomorrah, and Sodom and Gomorrah is associated with sin and wickedness. This is, you know, if you read the chapter this way, and you can read it this way. This is a holy war between the forces of good versus the forces of evil. Now the valley of Siddim was full of asphalt pits, and the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled. Some fell there, and the remainder fled to the mountains. Then they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their provisions and went their way. They also took Lot, Abraham's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, and his goods and departed. Then one who had escaped came and told Abram the Hebrew, for he dwelt by the Terebin, 
Terebinth trees of Bamri, the Amorite, brother of Eshcol and brother of Aner, and they were allies with Abram. Mamre, manliness, an Amoritish chief in alliance with Abraham. It is also the name of the place in the neighborhood of Hebron where Abraham dwelt. Anir, or Aner, a boy, a Canaanish chief who joined his forces with those of Abraham in pursuit of Chedorlamir a city of Manasseh given to the Levites of Korah's family. Now when Abram heard that his brother was taken, and obviously it's not his brother. <laughs> they, <laughs> his brother's son, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now when, it, well, I guess as far as being Jewish, yes, he would be a Jewish brother. Yeah. Uh, now when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his 318 trained servants who were born in his own house and went in pursuit as far as Dan. He divided his forces against them by night, and he and his servants attacked them and pursued them as far as Hobah, which is north of Damascus. So he brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother Lot and his goods as well as the women and the people. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shaveh. Shaveh? That is the king's valley. After his return from the defeat of Cheder Lamir, and the kings who were with him. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem. Melchizedek, king of righteousness. All we know of him is recorded in Genesis 14, 18 through 20. The typical significance of his history is set forth in detail in the epistle to the Hebrews chapter 7. The apostle there points out the superiority of his priesthood to that of Aaron in these several respects. One, even Abraham paid him tithes. Two, he blessed Abraham. Three, he is the type of a priest who lives forever. Four, Levi, yet unborn, paid him tithes in the person of Abraham. Five, the preeminence of his priesthood in Christ implied the abrogation of the Levitical system. Six, he was made priest not without an oath. Seven, his priesthood can neither be transmitted nor interrupted by death. This man, because he continueth forever hath an unchangeable priesthood. The question as to who this mysterious personage was has given rise to a great deal of modern speculation. It is an old tradition among the Jews that he was Shem, the son of Noah, who may have survived to this time. Melchizedek was a Canaanitish prince, a worshiper of the true God, and in his particular history and character, an instructive type of our Lord, the great high priest. One of the Amarna tablets, hey, the Amarna tablets, we talked about those before is from Adeb Tob, T-O-B, king of Jerusalem, the successor of Melchizedek, in which he claims the very attributes and dignity given to Melchizedek in the epistle to the Hebrews. Nice. Very nice tie-in. Well played. Brought out bread and wine, he was the priest of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tithe of all. Now the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord, God Most High, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap, and that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you say, I have made Abram rich, except only what the young men have eaten and the portion of the men who went with me, Aner, Eshel, and Mamre. Let them take their portion. Genesis 14, 1 through 24. 
this episode of the Bible Dig, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, much of the information this time around uh, with other little things that we kind of threw in as we went to give you more information. But most of the information this time came from an app, which is from the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, which is by Igor Apps. Igor, I-G-O-R, Apps. Mm. Um and I believe that those that that app it's uh, it from because uh, obviously doing this we've um, checked out a lot of different things and I've um, checked out a lot of different um, uh, Bible study and Bible encyclopedia and archaeology and all kinds of different things and this is one of the um, better free apps that I've been able to find um, so yes. that's one reason why I definitely wanted to recommend it to people because um, it is free so that you can uh, check it out and obviously there are some there are some good ones that you can pay for but this is one of the better um, free ones that is um, available most places and I believe it is um, in iTunes as well as Android and um, but it's it's very good and they actually have a, they actually have several of uh, many different kinds of um, Bible apps uh, but I personally really like this one the best their uh, standard Bible encyclopedia um, nice is is very good and has a lot of information that when you read the other ones uh, the other ones kind of have this and this is like the most complete um, of all the different ones it has like kind of all of this information combined in it so if you want a, you know you're the most complete and you're really doing some uh, study or you're really wanting to understand something then we would highly recommend this and uh, yes. I know we haven't done recommendations in a while so I wanted to throw one in there so that about does it for this episode. We've been talking about kings and wars of kings, and now here's a song about a different kind of war and a different kind of king. A special Christmas song by friend of the podcast, Ben Kalarsik of CCV Music. We wish you guys a happy holiday and a historic new year. It was a simple night in a simple place. With simple men awaiting morning's light Oh, then heaven opened up its skies And shepherds' eyes were open wide As angels broke the news that changed their lives Messiah has come And His name is Jesus Look upon the one who is here to deliver us Go and see, go and see, yes, go and see This is Christ the King And it was a holy night in that holy place as holiness invaded space and time Oh, then heaven opened up its skies Allowing earth to hold divine The Lamb of God had come to save our lives Messiah has come And His name is Jesus Look upon the One who is here to deliver us Christ the King